You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk. We're here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We're seeing those listens start to rise because it's a great time to be a Golden Eagle. We've been through a lot this year. It kind of feels like we're getting towards the light at the end of the tunnel. Joining me on the line right now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Uh, Glad to be back yet again. We're starting to make this... This three-way deal, um, kind of a habit, and I look forward to it every week. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. Man, Jason's coming makes me feel a little dirty. Oh. <laughs> are, are, you, are you sipping on anything tonight? Yeah, man. Uh, of course I am. Uh, we're going to keep it with the Hub City. Uh, the Honorable Mayor to- Toby Barker did a, a couple of barrel selections through Knob Creek a little while back. Uh, it was, uh, man, I hope I don't mess this up. I think it was Clem Terrell Scholarship Fund that wow. uh, it benefited. Um, but, uh, yeah, did a couple of really good uh, Knob Creek single barrel selections. So I'm drinking uh, – the, the first one of those, uh, it's 120-proof single-barrel Knob Creek. Excellent stuff. Uh, good good picking, Mr. Mayor. You know, there's a I've got a poster on my wall. I think it's from the is it 82 or 83 season, and uh, Clem, Clem Ter, uh, Terrell is on the wall. He's on that poster. From, really? Yeah, he played at USM like in the early 80s. Yeah. yeah. I, I am sipping on a Cabernet. Um, just trying to spice it up a little bit tonight. I don't know if it's from Napa Valley or, or where, so I'm just going to say that it came from Purvis. Um, <laughs> nice. Arrington <laughs> Vineyards? Didn't want me that? And, no, man, that's that Lamar County toilet wine from the prison. <laughs> yeah. This is from, uh, it's actually from, um, it's actually from Lumberton. And um, it's it was kind of, these grapes, you know, they, they kind of rose out from, uh, what was the, the Tatum Salt Dome? So, oh. <laughs> does the wine glow in the dark? We're about to find out. Um, oh, good luck, man. Godspeed. <laughs> so, of course, the big news this week, Will Hall officially named as the head coach at Southern Miss. But before he could be named the head coach at Southern Miss, he finished up his final game at Tulane as the Tulane Green Wave defeated the Memphis Tigers. Both of these are in the American Conference, not Conference USA for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, the final score, 31 to, I mean, excuse me, 35-21 to 21. in this game. The Tulane offense put up 419 yards of total offense. 255, four of those are through the air and 165 on the ground. Really, for the most part in the game, it was there was a lot of more passing going on. I think that's because that's where Memphis was more, most vulnerable. But as the game went along, they started to kind of grind out the the clock a little bit more. And you know, I know four nineteen that's a decent amount of yardage, but Memphis only had three hundred, so it kind of speaks to what they were doing. It was kind of a, a back a little bit of a back and forth game early on, but Tulane was able to kind of uh, get away. And then at the end of the game, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Coach Hall was the one who got the Gatorade bath. Players mm-hmm. kind of rallied around him, yeah. so that was really cool to kind of see, you know, how his players had endeared to him while he was at Tulane. Kind of went out with a bang, didn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big statement when uh, the the game you you win uh, your last regular season game, and they they Gatorade bath the offensive coordinator who just got hired to go coach at another school, and that, that shows me the players really like that guy. Well, before we talk about the press conference, I wanted to get a little bit of the perspective from Tulane. So I got a guest today. You may know him from the Times Picayune, the advocate, and his new podcast called Polk and Cush that covers New Orleans sports. So be sure you check that out. He does an amazing job covering the New Orleans Pelicans. So that's kind of how I keep up with him. Please welcome our guest today, Scott Kushner. So what kind of impact did Will Hall make on the uh, football program at Tulane? Uh, significant. Uh, even maybe that, that might be underplaying it some. 
Uh, they were uh, truly abysmal uh, offensively. They were, you know, ranked somewhere, but you know, in the triple digits, uh, basically the entirety of Willie Fritz's tenure uh, at Tulane, and they were pretty good. Like, I mean, Willie Fritz had improved the team, but there was something very clearly missing from their offense. And then when Will Hall arrived, I think you felt that spark. Like, the second you talked to him, um, you know, having listened to press conferences and stuff, I'm sure you all have gotten an idea for that uh, already, uh, that he is just a very dynamic person. And then the offense he brought in, uh, first with a transfer quarterback, who Justin McMillan, who arrived, I mean, just days earlier. I mean, days uh, before he was starting for Tulane. And he managed to have a really good offense and built them into a, a bowl team. Uh, and then this year where he had, you know, basically a freshman for most of the season uh, after Keon Howard, you know, kind of washed out the first few games, he started Michael Pratt and they got really good again. And all of a sudden you could really see like, oh, this is as much on the coordinator as it is anything else. And so I think Will Hall did a tremendous job in Tulane personally. And I know about the, you know, this season, kind of having the deficiencies at quarterback. I mean, we were so excited to see Keon take the field. I mean, God love him, but he's got the accuracy of a bottle rocket. So um, <laughs> I know he had to throw a true freshman in there. But tell us a little bit about the uh, – so I know he's been running a lot. So, but tell us a little bit about the type of offense that he ran at Tulane. I mean, it was very uh, – he, he was able to mix tempos while at the same time, um, you know, not not keeping – it was never traditional, you know, it was never a huddle up, run three yards and, and that kind of thing. And, and that was what Willie's offense was. You know, he came from Georgia Southern, which was triple option. Uh, and his former coordinator, I think, kind of stuck with mostly, we're going to mostly run the ball unless we have to do something otherwise. And what Will Hall did was kind of mix it up. And it was, you know, in a, a, a lot of games, it was 50 50. Uh, and it wasn't always, uh, you know, in the last minute, we're going to keep running it, you know, as fast as we can. Like, he was able to kind of bring it back and forth. And in a lot of ways, I think his one of his best outings was this Memphis game this last week for them to go out and score 35 points on Memphis and really control the clock in the second half. Uh, and, you know, the way Tulane and Blue leads this year, it was so important to show that growth. Uh, and so I think you saw that to a large degree. But, it's very wide open. It's very lateral, uh, but he'll also, you know, he's got the right quarterback. He was definitely willing to take shots. Uh, you know, McMillan threw the ball all the time deep. Pratt throws the ball all the time deep. Um, so he's willing to stretch the field in both, you know, directions. And at the same time, it just feels, it feels imaginative. It feels creative. There are a couple of times where you'll pull your hair out going like, what on earth was the point of that play call? You know, they ran like a double reverse on, you know, second one every now and then you're like, all right, this was completely unnecessary, but uh, it is. It does not lack for creativity, and he is uh, very obviously willing to adjust when necessary. And so I, I think you're going to end up liking a lot of what you see if he's able to kind of translate that. And I don't know why he wouldn't uh, be able to bring that over, considering he's done it everywhere he's gone. What do you think about the hiring? What do you think about his potential as a head coach? It's hard for me to know. I, I mean, I know Southern Miss is a tough gig right now comparatively to where it's been in the past. You know, when I was covering Tulane really, really closely, that was like when Larry Fedora was there, and obviously he had it rolling, um, you know, kind of taking the reins back. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what Southern Miss needs in order to get back to that place. I know it's hard to recruit to Conference USA, but I, what I do know is that Will Hall doesn't need fancy. He doesn't need uh, the best facility. He doesn't need uh, the greatest, you know, latest and greatest of every state-of-the-art college football thing, which a lot of coaches do, and especially if you go hire an assistant coach in a big program, a lot of times they come to a place like Tulane or a place like Southern Miss and think about what they don't have rather than what they do. And he is not that guy. He, you know, coached these very small colleges in Mississippi. He coached, you know, at, at uh, Lafayette, the offensive coordinator, at Tulane, like he has been in places where they do not traditionally win and they do not traditionally spend tons of money. And I think he gets it. And not to mention he's from the area that helps significantly. Uh, I think he's a good fit. I, I can't, of all the, the people that I could think of for that job, he was the best fit that I could think of. 
And when his name started getting floated, I was like, unless they have a total disaster of a season here, I don't know why he wouldn't get that job. Uh, and everyone at Tulane, from the moment he was hired, uh, a lot of the talk around there was, look, if this team is as good as they can be. And they weren't. I mean, frankly, they blew three games this year. They had no business blowing. And if that's the case, they're 9-2 and two this year. And if that happens, Willie Fritz probably leaves, and uh, Will Hall becomes the head coach at Tulane. And a lot of people had spoken about that before the season. There, That was kind of the big topic was, look, if this team meets its potential, we've got the successor in place that if Willie gets – that, you know, power five gig that we're going to, you know, slide in Will Hall and we're going to be perfectly fine. And what turned out is that uh, Tulane didn't meet its potential, but Will Hall's offense did. And so he gets the gig. And I think in some ways uh, the folks at Tulane knew this was going to happen if, if it didn't go the other way. So there is uh, no doubt he's got everything that it takes to be a head coach. He's got the personality. He's got the system. He can be the, you know, uh, he's got an expert level on the right side of the ball. Like all the things that you would want for a coach, he has got them. Whether or not he succeeds is a totally different question because it's a very hard thing. You've seen a lot of coaches who are really good come in and struggle uh, at places like Southern Miss. So I don't know exactly where it'll end up, um, but I, I have a very hard time picturing them doing them making a hire that I think would make more sense on paper. Are you familiar with the uh, offensive line coach, Cody Kennedy? It's my understanding he's coming here as an offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. Yeah, yeah, very good uh, assistant. You know, somebody who had been around the program a little bit there, and uh, they were much, much improved, uh, you know, on the line uh, this season, and particularly when, when Pratt came back. But they were able to run the ball a, a whole lot. They were able to really be good on the goal line. Um, I think they're going to be, I mean, he's a solid assistant. He's going to get an opportunity to, to move up, and you're going to see him take a lot of that staff. I think Jordy Joseph is probably going to move up, who played at Tulane, has been on that staff uh, for, for a while. I think you're going to see, you know, a, a good bit of those guys. And, and this is, you know, for Tulane, it's not a position they're used to being in. You know, it was a graveyard for coaches for a very, very long time where, Basically, when you went to Tulane, the odds are that the next job you got was going to be worse uh, than the one that you were in. You know, they were they, they lost a lot of games. They were never particularly good at anything. Like, and now uh, I think you're going to see that staff starting to get poached a little bit, which is a you know speaks to where they were. And I think it also speaks to Will Hall having uh, you know a dynamic enough personality that they would follow him rather than stay with Willie. Changing gears just a little bit. So Wednesday night, uh, the Green Wave hosts the Golden Eagles at Fogelman Arena in New Orleans uh, as far as uh, basketball. What are your thoughts on the Tulane basketball team? It's hard to know what they really are. They've, I mean, just like last season, they have uh, littered the team with transfers and uh, all kinds of guys just kind of coming over for one year. Um, Ron Hunter is going to play what he plays, which is – he will never play a second of man defense. Uh, he's going to run that that zone and, and go, uh, you know, full court at you. And he's going to, you know, go crazy on the sidelines and, and do everything he did at Georgia State and everything he did at IUI. He is Ron Hunter, and he's still going to be Ron Hunter. And he's a good coach. And he doesn't. He had a tough year last year. They finished last in the conference, um, but they've got a whole new team, so it's really hard to know exactly what they are and what they're going to look. Um, but yeah, this will be an interesting game as they move forward. I don't really know what to make of Tulane basketball. They've been so bad for so long now um, that this is, I think this is probably the right approach. I'll just go out and get a whole bunch of transfers and a bunch of guys <laughs> who are talented but needed a chance, you know, and uh, and go get a guy who's won at, you know, with places with a lot less. Uh, but at the same time, I, I am interested to see if it ever comes to fruition. Um, I just don't know where they're going to end up uh, as a program. Um, but I think they've got they've got a good coach. They've followed kind of the Willie Fritz model to get him, and they're going to run what they run. And it's I think it's tough to do early in the season. It's probably the best time to catch him is early in the season um, because that's a really difficult defense to learn. And then the rest of it, you just kind of go from there. 
So you have a podcast covering New Orleans sports called Polk and Cush. It is with uh, comedian Andrew Polk, who is one of my dearest friends, uh, especially out of the ones who have been homeschooled. So tell us a yeah. little bit. <laughs> tell us a little bit about Polk and Cush. Uh, yeah, you know, just a not so serious uh, sports podcast. We do little sports, little culture, little life, little everything. Um, talking about New Orleans and uh, the Saints, the Pelicans is mostly who we focus on, uh, and then we kind of get in everything with uh, you know cultural New Orleans cultural stuff and politics and and all that uh, all that fun stuff. We do it about once a week, and it's a it's a very good time, and it's grown really well, and, and we're having a, a lot of fun doing it. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I definitely I, I appreciate for one I appreciate your Pelicans coverage. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners out there in regards to Will Hall? Yeah, I think you're going to have fun with him. I think he's going to give you some great sound bites. I think he's going to be a really likable guy. Um, and I, I think he's going to succeed uh, more so than the last handful of Southern Miss coaches. And I think he'll put them in a position to be better. And at this point, I think that's as much as probably fans can ask for. It's just, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Bauer or the next Fedora. Like, uh, that's a lot to ask. Um, and especially just where things stand in 2020 compared to when those guys were coaching. Uh, but I, I do think he gives them a great chance to be successful. And if he is even moderately successful, I think people will love him because he is, uh, he's got the personality to go along with, with the game for sure. That was Scott Kushner. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott D. Kushner, or you can follow their podcast at Polk and Kush. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a saucy program. Uh, I enjoy it. I listen to it a lot during the summer. Um, listen to the, the most recent episode and they're still doing their thing. So if you like New Orleans sports, you want to get a different take on it, check out the Polk and Kush podcast. All right, guys. So let's talk about the press conference the other day. You know, so last week, towards the end of the week, Will Hall was on the Bow Bounds show, a radio shot at Jackson, and he did an interview with Patrick McGee of the Sun Herald. And from those interviews, you kind of got a taste of what you were going to get at the press conference. And there were a lot of people, I think, when, when the announcement was hired, there's a lot of people that didn't know much about Will Hall. But as they started listening to these interviews or reading these interviews and hearing what he had to say, you could kind of see a lot of the naysayers changing their tune. Yeah. You know, at this point, Southern Miss fans, we have all – well, I think all of us have – have been through a lot of these press conferences, right? And even though this one was was a little bit different in Reed Green Coliseum and spread out and all that, uh, I'd I like to think that um, Southern Miss fans have one of the more accurate uh, barometers for how these press conferences go. And, um, you know, and, and, and normally they all kind of say the same stuff. They mention, you know, it's a special place and, you know, and, and, and all that stuff, and, you know, dream job and everything. And, and it, it, there's a lot of stuff that's already, that's already kind of built into these, these pressers. But um, every now and then you get one that just feels different when you're listening to it. It feels like there's more uh, – they're being more genuine or, or something like that. And or, – or maybe it's just we're, that we're like that hungry for something that is going to be right. I don't know. But – it seems to me like there's been a few in the past that we've been to, I know, Jamie, that have felt different and, and felt like the right fit. And and this seemed like one of those times for me. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. You know, just, have we – I mean, we've had two coaches since Sedora, uh, Munkin and, and then Hobson. This was a Fedora-esque entrance to me. I mean, it, you know, you got – people ready to run through walls uh, after this press conference. It's it's one of the key components of the formula we need for a successful head coach at Southern Miss. He has to be able to energize the fan base. Our fan base gets complacent really easily. We're spoiled by a pretty proud tradition, although you know the last decade hasn't been the greatest to us. Uh, hopefully we just made the, the correct choice to get back on path. But – uh, our fan base gets spoiled and, and people stop turning up for games 
and you're one of the 130-ish towns in America that have Division One college football. Uh, I mean, it's 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 something to rally behind, but it takes energy, and it seems like Will's got that energy, and that's what I'm excited about. One thing I was impressed with, he didn't use the old hack line, I'm a good recruiter, look at my wife. Um he could have though. <laughs> he could have. Yes, she's very nice looking. Very, 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 uh, very nice looking wife. Um, I'm not gonna say too much because he might listen and you know. But he, he did well. He is a good Be recruiter. Be respectful. She's a nice lady. So what you're sweetheart. saying is he, he he performed better at the presser than than Ellis. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I think me and you <laughs> sitting in the sitting in the seats performed better at Ellis's press conference than Ellis did. I remember looking out of the corner of my eye at you like. I didn't even know, was that something I'm applauding for? Was that, you know, and then you might hear somebody start to, it was just, I didn't have a good feeling. But I was like, you know what, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And then, so, yeah, but but like I said, like, I think you can kind of tell if you've been to enough of these things. And and that one, that one, I mean, you know, like like Shane said, ready to run through a brick wall or, or whatever, man. I can't wait for camp to start, you know. Here it is. Uh, well, first of all, I can't wait for recruiting uh the, the first recruiting day but but then um our first signing day but i'm ready for camp to start already if you've listened you can go on uh com, i believe and on youtube they've got the press conference there if you want to watch it if you haven't seen that i didn't go through and get any clips or anything but i'm gonna read this quote because there were there were there were a couple of times where he said something and it just kind of pinged you know and this was one of those times he said, "Get out your get your black and gold gear out. Stick out your chest. Be proud because we are fixing to get this train going again." And he said, "Fixing to." Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was one of those things where it's it's what we needed to hear, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Southern Miss fans have always been that front runner kind. I mean, it, it, it's 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 like I think that California schools are, you know, people and even like you know California pro teams. Uh, they're front runners, right? Hattiesburg's kind of like that. <laughs> Always have been. And when it's going great, it's really going great. When it's not, people really find other stuff to do really quickly. Uh, the good thing is that, that we have the amount of people to come and fill up the stadium and, and to make it awesome. And a lot of teams can't say that. I know we can't say it all the time, but when things are good, things are really good. And I can't wait for this for, you know, get back to that. Yeah. I feel like, a little cartoon old man saying back in 2003 for the TCU game, but I've been to stadiums across the country for football games. Our stadium's smaller, but I never have experienced a better atmosphere than that game. Hattiesburg can do it. Southern Miss fans can do it. That place was absolutely electric all night long. And, I have high hopes that that we can get back to where we were. A couple other things that kind of stood out to me was it, it seems to me that he gets it in in quotation marks. You similar to the way that that Jay Ladner gets it is there's things you're going to have to do to promote this program and get it out there. He's done I, I don't know how many radio shows he has done today and yesterday. I mean he did a lot. And, you know, after a while, they kind of say the same thing. But I tried to listen to as many of them as possible. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, hopefully we'll get we'll actually get him on the show uh, this next go round. And then he mentioned the open practices. And, you know, our practices kind of got shut down there. And then they would get to where they'd be completely closed from the media. And it, 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 it one of the ways the fan base kind of gets energized is some of these, uh, not only the news sites like the Sun-Herald, uh, but you've got Big Gold Nation and Golden Eagle Pride that go cover these practices and give it to the fans that are hungry for this news. And, it, you know, that kind of drives the fan base. That kind of, you know, this is the kind of stuff that fans are interested in. This is how you keep fans engaged. And him saying that kind of just struck a chord to me as like, oh, well, this guy kind of gets it, you know? Yeah, people want nothing more than to be a part of it, to feel included when they when they feel that they're invested in it. And rightfully so. I mean, you want a connection to it. It's, uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think he gets that. He he gets that. I mean, he's small town Mississippi. He he's has an intimate knowledge of, of the situation. And the guy's a winner and, and he knows what it's going to take to get this job done. I, I just I feel that. 
in in football and in basketball at Southern Miss, I think at least sixty percent of the job for the head coach is, like you said, Shane, in, uh, engaging the fan base. That's it, you know. And, and then you hire a good staff after that, and you know, oh by the way, win some games. But but yeah, you, you can you can win all you want to if you can get that first part right. We we can't get, we can't get by with a Bill Belichick style here, right? I mean, unless you win, you know, <laughs> like Belichick does. But you get what I'm saying. You have to get out in front of this thing. Even the year, the first year of the Fedora was here when we we uh, we near about broke the streak, right, for the winning seasons. Um, then we rattled off what two or three in a row at the end of the year to to get that to get that uh, that that winning streak back. Even through all of that, after the games, you know, Fedora was famously like walking through the RV lots and all that, telling people don't give up and stuff like that. And I remember he was on uh, Kelly's show. At Buffalo Wild Wings one time, and hey, I think he told me at that point before the thing started that was like his 56th speaking engagement, like of the month or something. <laughs> so, all right. so yeah, I mean you got all right, but yeah, you got to get out there, you got to do it, and um, yeah, boy, every every time Jeremy makes a hire or decides what to do in a certain situation. It's, it, he seems to just push all of the right buttons, and um, I think he's pushed the right one again. I agree. Dear God, we needed it. Absolutely. And the contract. Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. No, I was after. Uh, I'm sure very nice guys, but kind of two swings and misses in in that uh, area. You know, that's, you know, the director of the, of the athletics department is hugely important role to the success of the program, and. Again, I'm sure they were nice guys. They just did not make good decisions for Southern Miss and really put us in a hole. And and it, it, Jeremy's kind of come in and been our knight in shining armor. And the two decisions he's been able to make so far seem, you know, you know like really good ones. So. And the contract details were were released, and it looks like uh, the the coaching pot as a whole uh, received a significant increase. And, you know, you speak about about Jeremy. I mean, this is all after COVID. Everything we've gone through, all the revenue we've lost, they found a way to make this work. So the contract, uh, not to get into all the details, but from what we have, it's a four-year contract. It expires in December of 2024 as of right now. Of course, there are clauses in there for renewals. Um, It is an $800,000 annual base, which is up from Hobson's $500,000. And the annual assistant coach and off-salary Support staff pool is 2.1 million, and that's up from I believe around uh, a little over 1.6 mil, I think, if I'm I'm not mistaken. So don't quote me on that. But that's a pretty significant increase overall for the coaching pool, and we're going to need that because there were several times where some of these assistant coaches that we had were really solid coaches, but we couldn't keep them losing. We were losing them to peer schools just because we didn't have the money to pay them. No yeah. doubt. We uh, and I didn't see anything in that contract about incentives. I'm sure there's some sort of incentive. Yeah, there were more. You... There were there were more pages than that. Okay. And the thing that I liked at the bottom, you know, that buyout uh, situation right there at the bottom. What is it like after the first year? It's like 1.5 or something, or after the first one to two years, and then it kind of uh, tapers off after that. But it, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I I'm I look at contracts all day, <laughs> but um. I'm not positive that the ones in the past have even included uh, that much of a buyout. So uh, I like to see that at the bottom of it too. But because I mean, if things go like we hope that they go, you know, I'm not so naive to think that, that he would just want to be a lifer here. Like, like Ladner does. So it's nice to know that we got that in our back pocket. Absolutely. And some of the staff, so the staff, we will probably know more after this weekend with, as far as the staff goes, because some of the coaches that are going to be coming in on his staff still have games this weekend. So I'm going to touch on a few of them that have been confirmed and a few of them that have not quite been confirmed, but we feel good enough to mention because they've been strongly rumored. So the offensive coordinator uh, is allegedly going to be Caden Cochran. He's the offensive coordinator slash wide receiver coach at Emporia State. Um, the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator will be Cody Kennedy, a young coach, as we mentioned in the interview, who was the offensive line coach at Tulane, has followed uh, Coach Hall 
through multiple stops. Now these these are rumored, but I haven't got a, a an exact confirmation on them. There was a a little bit of, of a blurb on Football Scoop if you want to go check that out. But Desmond Lindsay, wide receiver coach at Arkansas State, it is rumored that he's coming here. Nothing official just yet. Desmond was on the staff here a few years ago, uh, and then Jordy Joseph, who was an offensive analyst at Tulane, he was a former quarterback at Tulane. Also rumored, he made a tweet today about his time at Tulane, which kind of gives you the impression that he is leaving. Um, so he's expected to be on the staff in some capacity, but I'm not sh- exactly sure what just yet. Defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. He is a currently the linebacker coach at uh, Lafayette, at Louisiana. Not Lafayette, excuse me, I'm sorry. Ulala. Ulala, yeah. ULL. Make them mad, say it. Um. But he's a very young guy. But he's he's coached under you know Kirby Smart. He's been on some some really solid staffs. Um, you know, I don't know that he has any experience as a defensive coordinator, so that's interesting. But at the same time, the word is he's a very sharp guy. So we'll get more information on him as the weeks come around. Another rumored addition, which we believe to be true, but it has not officially been confirmed. Um, more than likely, this guy will be coaching in the secondary. He is currently the defensive coordinator at Central Arkansas. He is a former Golden Eagle headhunter, former Baltimore Raven, former San Francisco 49er, talking about Chad Williams. One of my favorite players that I remember watching back there. And then I remember when he went to the Ravens. I mean, I was, that's when the Ravens were just rolling defensively, right? It was almost like Southern Miss was kind of the Ravens of college football, and then he goes to the Ravens and does the same thing there. It was awesome. Love watching him play. Uh, actually exchanged some messages with him the other night, and um, and he's pretty fired up. So, uh, yeah, let's get some more guys like that back. Yeah, yeah. Dude was an absolute murderer. Uh, I don't mean to say that in connection with the Ravens, uh, but <laughs> – <laughs> really was scary on the field. He was, and you, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, how would he fit into today's game? Because he was out there de- decapitating people. He would get ejected a lot, like Central Latham. <laughs> that had to be done, by the way. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, so, we'll, like I said, we should learn a lot more about this staff after all of the games this weekend. A brief recruiting tidbit. Now, we haven't had anything as far as any kind of new commitments. We haven't had anything as far as any kind of new transfers. Uh, Coach made it clear that he was going to speak with all of the players before they leave at the end of this week, especially the older ones. Kind of make sure, you know, try to get everybody back on board that's not on board. Try to get everybody that they want to stick around to stick around. And um, I think he's in the, you know, the conversations that I've had with either players or, or parents has been very positive in, in the uh, response from the players this week. But uh, one little recruiting tidbit. So, oh, oh and hey, we had to give a shout-out to all of the schools who won the state championships in Mississippi this past weekend. Five out of the six teams, all from the Pine Belt region. And one of the, the team that lost, Poplarville, lost to Louisville, Louisville by one point. It was a very, very close game at the end. But uh, got to give a shout-out to... Uh, the, the Fighting Clay Sweets. The Fighting Clay Sweets. Uh, Taylorsville ran away with their state championship game, and a big part of that is quarterback Ty Keyes. Uh, he announced before the game uh, late last week that he was decommitting from Tulane via Twitter. So the interesting thing about Ty Keyes, one of the best quarterbacks in the state... Um, you know, he has had a lot of offers, pretty much committed to Tulane because of Will Hall. And his cousin, his former Golden Eagle wide receiver, Dominique Sullivan. So he's been around the pro- – you know, he, he grew up coming to Dominique's games. He's a guy that's been around the program. I don't know officially whether or not he's coming to Southern Miss, but you've got to like our chances given that Will Hall got him to commit to Tulane and now Will Hall is here in Hattiesburg. Looks fantastic, and I would like to know how many times his phone has rang since he hit that decommit button. (laughs) (laughs) But that dude, that dude can absolutely ball, man. I'm talking about he can sling it too, right? He can. I mean, you know, you see his athletic ability, but um, golly, he he just. I mean, he he reminds. He kind of reminds me of the guy from Liberty. What was that guy's name? I've already forgot. Uh, This year, but but you know that type of. 
Uh, Poor dude, that, he got COVID and we all forgot about he him. He got that COVID quick. and we all forgot about him, man. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's that kind of player that's a difference maker. And for, for better or worse, we haven't really had one of those around for quite a while. We've had good players. Um, but Southern Miss in the past, you know, when when Southern Miss has been their best, typically we've had a really, really good quarterback. Um, and And that would be a huge get. Not even saying that he would definitely come and play quarterback, but I think he would. But um, the more athletes you can get on the team, the better. The closer you can get them to Hattiesburg, the better. Uh, that just means somebody else doesn't get them far away. So that, that that would be a humongous get. And Coach yeah. Hall, is there if, anything? Go ahead. I was going to say, is there anything worse than watching a, a kid from Southern Miss's backyard that? Either we didn't really recruit or, you know, we went after and, and lost, just really succeed and do well. It's, it's vitally important. You know, we just talked about how many, uh, state champions there are from, from the area. It's vitally important to keep that talent at home. And that's one of the really exciting things about Hall is that he knows everybody in the state of Mississippi and has connections <laughs> where we need them the most. All right, and that's that's huge right now, absolutely. Well, and we we've had a lot of really good Southern Miss news this week, and you know I think Jason called me on Monday and he was like, "Hey, do we still have a game this week? Because <laughs> this is just right. it's hard to believe because we've had so many games canceled. We've we've already got a new coach. We've had you know games canceled and moved around with basketball. But as of right now, allegedly Southern Miss will be taking on Florida Atlantic." This Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. That's not at a 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock. That is a 5.30 kickoff. Shane, that's going to be 6.30 for you. And the game, you will, are correct. <laughs> the game will be on the CBS Sports Network. So in regards to that game, the you know Will Hall is going to be just a, a spectator. He's going to be there encouraging the guys. He's, he's kind of, you know, observing practice this week but trying not to get in the way of the current coaching staff um so is he gonna be on the sideline i don't know he, he possibly oh, surely surely not. i mean you know if it were me i think i think that i would sit in the booth or a suite or something maybe i'll move around a little bit maybe go around and shake some hands i don't know not shake hands god forbid don't tweet at me i'm not shaking hands but um how 2020 is that but anyway you know, but if I'm the coaching staff, I think I'm telling the players like, "Hey guys, um, you know, you be, you you better put forth your best effort because the guy's going to be, you know, deciding whether you're probably even here next year or not. Definitely on whether you get to play, uh, you get any time on the field or not. Um, this is his first, well, one of his first Im- impressions of you up close and personal. So I think that'll that'll help maybe the motivational factor. I think. Um, I, I think it's just going to be even weirder, maybe, for the coaches. I know that I know that this is what coaches do, and they're used to bouncing around. Every time we looked at one of these candidates, you run through the list of where they've been, and it's like 15 different places. So I know that they're kind of used to it, but their future is definitely uncertain. It's got to be really weird. But for the but for the players, yeah, this is a this is kind of like an audition for the new guy. So if anything, you don't want to be the guy um, late to the huddle or you know jogging off the field or not finishing a block i don't think so that's that's i think that's kind of goes in our favor if we actually get to play the game and you know how huge is it that he gets this week of of practice up to a game uh you know as the incoming head coach to uh, you know get a feel for who he's got and and see him in action and and get to see personalities and work ethics i mean it's that I, I feel like that's a big advantage going into or you know recruiting even uh and and then spring mm-hmm. practice that he knows exactly what he has because he got to see it live films all good you can tell things but to to be there and feel people's energy and and see how they conduct themselves when they're not you know in the the focus uh will i think will be big going forward so that uh, the timing really probably couldn't have been better hey, let me ask you this both you guys turner and booth do you make those phone calls absolutely uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the phone calls have already been made and one of the things that he mentioned 
Um, if you listen to Inside uh, Southern Miss Athletics, the the uh, the coaches show every week. He was on there this week, and he talked about. Well, by the way, Inside Southern Miss Athletics now the number one Southern. If, when you search for Southern Miss on iTunes, they are now the number num, number one uh, Southern Miss podcast. We are number two. What? They finally they passed us. Which you know it had to be coming, but <laughs> do they have pets we can kidnap? <laughs> yeah, John Cox has a cockatoo. We can uh, snatch him up. Um, We're coming for your bird, Juan. <laughs> but um, he was talking about that, and he said that they're kind of in a, a. You know, he was excited about getting to be around them this week. Getting to, but he said he's kind of already familiar with them because we've played them twice in the past year. Sure. So he's already, and he said a lot of these kids. He's been around in the region, you know, whether JUCOs or high schools. He's he's already, you know, got a relationship with a lot of them. So he says, he's kind had of a, dinner with her grandmother. He's had dinner with her grandmother, um, and their I think their aunt played football or something. Maybe I think he said something <laughs> about that in the press conference. Kicker for Vanderbilt. <laughs> but he uh, but he kind of alluded to that in that in that episode. So I think he's going to kind of take advantage of the situation. It's a pretty unique situation with them getting to be a, a, a game, and yes, it's an awful lot like an audition. So that'll be terrific. Um, FAU, on the other hand, they have a different, a brand new coach this year. So that's right. The game, like I mentioned, five thirty, this Thursday, December the tenth. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Jason Knapp, whoever that is, is doing play by play, and then Corey Chavis from Vanderbilt is going to be the analyst there um, for the television broadcast. And then, of course, John Cox, Lynn Lee Roberts, with uh, Bo Morgan as well. Now, Florida Atlantic. Here's the thing about Florida Atlantic. They they haven't played a full schedule. Uh, you know, we've kind of moved things around as well. But last week they took on Georgia Southern and really laid an egg. Uh, they lost 20-3 to to Georgia Southern. Didn't put out, um, you know, before that, of course, uh, back on November 20th, they won 24-2 to against Massachusetts. Um, as far as common opponents go, they took a, they they blew out UTSA twenty four to three, but then Western Kentucky a very similar score they beat Western Kentucky, but it was ten to six instead of ten to seven that we lost by. So uh, just some interesting tidbits there with with Florida Atlantic. If they win this game and Marshall loses, they will get to play for the conference title. So they got mm. a, they got a lot to lose in this game. We got nothing to lose. On the flip side, the word is, according to the press conference on Monday, this uh, that Tate Watley will not be available. So you're going to have another uh, Trey Low uh, start at quarterback this week, but you know he should get the all the reps this week at practice. So you know take that for what it's worth. I know we started off as a seven point underdog. I think it's up to. 8.5 right now, if I'm not mistaken. So we're not we're not projected to win this game, but we got nothing to lose. This has been the weirdest year ever to go and place bets on college football. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. How in the world do they even handicap these things? And then I'll be damned if at the end of the game I'm looking at the over under going, well, holy crap, <laughs> you know it's it's right there pretty much every time. Um, hey, does is, is is this the only year that we have Trello? No. Well, no. No, he's got no. a couple of years of eligibility. Okay, I know he was a graduate transfer. Yeah, I just gr- assumed that there was just so he graduated like really quick. He graduated as a sophomore, so holy he, crap, he's going to get this year back. So yeah. he'll have another. He's smart. He'll have another couple of years after this. He and I did college differently. Way differently. <laughs> Preach, <laughs> but and that's one. Hey, of the, how that's huge! Cool. I don't know if I mentioned it a minute ago, but on the coaches' show, um, Will Hall said that they their their plans in recruiting was to add a high school quarterback and a transfer quarterback to come in and compete with the guys we already have on the roster. So if I didn't say that, just making that point there. I'm excited to see what Lowe does during a game where the poor guy actually gets snaps in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been really unfair to him, uh, and uh, we could have won. Well, we did win his first game, and, and we could have won uh, the other game that he started. It was a really close game, but, uh, I mean, the guy obviously has uh, a lot of talent, um, but I, I don't feel he's gotten a fair shake. So I'm excited to see what he does actually getting snaps and being able to practice for a week. Well, on to basketball, we had a uh... – 
Southern Miss had one game last week that was uh, they took on the William Carey Crusaders, and this win was the biggest win I believe over William Carey since about 2014. Uh, Southern Miss winning the game, 80 to 53. Had a few players out, some of which were because of um, you know concussions. There were some that were a couple that were dis- disciplinary, but they all will all be back this week. So you didn't have the uh, Pinkneys, you didn't have Johnson, you didn't have Jackson the other night. But the guys who did play showed out with with a big game. And one of the interesting combinations that I thought in this game was the the, the backcourt combination of Jay Malone and Tay Hardy. Um, and I think that's something that we'll see a little bit more moving forward. And not only that, Tyler Steven, Stevenson had a monster game as well. Uh, 27 points, 7 rebounds. So he kind of didn't have the best game in the first game, but he really showed out in this second game of the season. I thought that the defense, you know, stayed consistent from, from that first game to this game. Um, offensively, you know, we just we what we we just made more shots. <laughs> um, yeah. But 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 even more than that, I thought that they looked, and I know we we're playing at home, but it was a weird atmosphere that night. It was just crazy silent. Uh, the way they had everybody spread out, and there weren't a lot of people there anyway, but. Uh, just the way they had everybody spread out, it was just weird. Like when, like when, um, when there was a free throw, it, it was like the scene from Hoosiers where you can just hear the basketball hitting the floor, you know. Um, it was so, so that was was weird for me. But I thought the players out there just looked way more, um, comfortable. And I know we're working through this chemistry thing; it's going to take all year. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought that they looked uh, just just more, you know. At home, you mentioned the atmosphere. I thought the you know, given the circumstances with the limited capacity, the with the way they had it spread out, it kind of filled up the arena a little bit as far as like a visual. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the new lighting made all the difference in the world. It looks like a oh, humongous yeah. arena now. <laughs> you know, you got those lamps out of there. Um, it's brighter. The new court looks awesome. Um, and and and, and you know. It's, it's, I think it showed too, and and that's and look, you know nothing against William Carey. And I know every time you say something like that, you're about to say something against them. But <laughs> the, they, you know, this, this is what Division One teams are supposed to do. Minus if you have Doc Sadler coaching your team. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you play, and what we we played, I think eight guys. There's eight players available. Um, and, and, and that didn't even, like you said, didn't include Pinkney. I'm not positive that Pinkney's going to be back this week. We know, we all know that Jackson didn't play, um, which I'm really looking forward to watching that guy. He might be the sharpshooter that we need. Um, the sharpshooter that might take some pressure off of Drain, uh, let him, you know, he hadn't got to be the only one. So that would be cool too. Getting ready. Uh, I can't wait to watch him play. Uh, and, and Jamie, you hit on Malone and Tay. I love that combo. I love that combo back there. I, I think I even like Malone running the point a little bit more than I do Tay. Not that I don't like Tay a lot. I just I, I've gotten to know what Malone can do, and um, he's so smooth out there, man. And 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 I think that'll that'll free Tay up too. We we have so many options this year. I, I can't remember the last time as a fan if I'm trying to put my coach hat on while I'm sitting in the stands uh, that I had even the ability to dream up. So many different scenarios that we could put on the basketball court, and that's exciting. It's nice to have D1 athletes uh, on the the basketball team for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad our coach is out recruiting and trying to do good for Southern Miss instead of trying to figure out who's got the best cheeseburger in town and looking at jugs on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Doc, I don't like you. You're a yeah. slob. <laughs> um, <laughs> but – This segment brought to you by M&M's. This segment brought to you by Cheeks for Weeks. Uh, Yeah, just... This segment brought to you by Pajamas. (laughs) Man, I just realized as we're talking about this, and uh, not similar people by any means, Jay Hobson seems like a wonderfully nice guy, but we kind of had two placeholder coaches in the two major programs at the same time, and that's not good. Uh, and Ladner started to dig us out of the basketball hole, and and hopefully Will is the guy we need in football. But that just occurred to me as we were making fun of Doc's chubby self that uh, 
the man, we had two really not great coaches for our programs. But back to what I was going to talk about before I started making fun of Doc uh, is for comparison's sake, uh, Kerry played South Alabama tonight uh, and they lost 80 to 67. Uh, and in the second half, both teams were even. Uh, USA had that, that lead at halftime. Uh, so that's, yeah, we, we, you know, pretty much rolled a team that, that didn't look terrible in their, their follow up games. So. And you mentioned that South Alabama team, they will be in Hattiesburg on Saturday, December the 12th. That game has been moved to 2 p.m. And, but, but before we get to that, we have a big game coming tomorrow night. That's Wednesday. December the 9th, this game is at 7 p.m. Radio's going to be on Rock 104 as normal, but TV will be on ESPN+. Plus. The Golden Eagles are taking on the Tulane Green Wave down in New Orleans. Now, uh, an interesting storyline with this game. Uh, guard for the Golden Eagles for the past couple of seasons, Gabe Watson transferred to Tulane in the offseason and now will be taking on his former team. I'm sure Gabe's looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of players on our team that are, they're looking forward to it. I mean, Drain and Gabe, they've played a lot of basketball together. They remember they went to that Ukraine thing or, or wherever they went, um, overseas yeah. in, in between seasons. Um, and you know, and also on our side of it, you know, Jace, uh, was not Jason, uh, Jaron, Jaron, Jaron Pierre Pierre. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Pierre. Uh, he's from New Orleans, so that's another little storyline there. But the but the big storyline's Gabe. Is he gonna play? He he played the first game. He didn't play the second game. Is he gonna play this game? You know, I haven't gotten a word on it. You know, like you said, the first game he played 17 minutes, came up with five points. So, uh, but it looks like he was a starter for Tulane. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the story is with him. I'm not sure if anything happened in that first game, or if there was a reason why he was out the second game. Uh, whether it be concussion protocol or COVID or whatever. Um, so I'm not 100%. I would imagine that he would be playing tomorrow night, but I honestly do not have an answer for that. And, he, and he's, he's a good player, man. I enjoyed watching him. I still can't believe that he left, you know, for quote-unquote a bigger stage and you go to Tulane, give me a break. But um, in, in a smaller arena. In a small – it's just <laughs> – I, I just I just don't – I just don't understand it. I, I, I don't understand it. He played every. He might have played every minute of the basketball season last year because I honestly don't ever remember seeing him one time on the bench. Imagine that for a second. I mean, you're a player. You're going into your junior. I think he's a junior this year. Going into your junior year, where you you're starting. Um, you you he might have led the team in scoring last year. I'm not I'm not sure about that either. But he was he was up there. Uh, and, and these guys that transfer, man, there's just something that gets lost. There's something that, even though I loved watching him for two years, and I don't hate the kid by any means, but if even if you just stay for four years and it's not a good season or you don't have the best career, there's just something more to be to be said for you. And and unfortunately, that's lost with Gabe. So I don't like it. I I, I wish that he would have stayed, but he didn't. So now he's just kind of public enemy number one. And and I know that Southern Miss is going to be going to be gunning for him uh, on uh, Saturday. So Southern Miss one and one on the year. Uh, Tulane two and zero oh on the year. They're, they're two wins. Uh, they won sixty six to fifty seven over Lamar, and then sixty eight to sixty six over Lipscomb. So I'm not really sure how that translates as far as how good they're going to be this year or how good they're going to be in this particular game. Also, another note from that, we actually take on Lamar next Tuesday on the road at Lamar. So we'll get to uh, we'll get to measure up with Tulane and then South Alabama and then Lamar. So good times ahead for Southern Miss basketball. All right, I think we've covered just uh, the gamut of Southern Miss information this week. It's been a great week. Uh, let's give some shout-outs. Uh, you, Jason, you have any shout-outs? I do. Um, first of all, I would like to give a shout out to um, to uh, Chase and Reagan for 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 letting me know about this option on listening to podcasts when you can um, you can you can speed up the podcast or you can slow it down. And I was driving around today listening to our, to our uh, a few minutes of our podcast uh, about Will Hall last week, and I nearly wrecked my vehicle. 
it's so funny when you speed it up to twice the speed and then you slow it down. It sounds like you're just, you know, doped up or whatever. Shane and I had a little segment on there and it's the most funniest thing I've ever heard. So, <laughs> uh, that was cool. I wanted to give a shout out to those guy. Um, and there's a couple more here. Tanner Watson, uh, friend of the show, finally found someone that agreed to marry him. So congrats to Tanner Watson. Got engaged, I think, either yesterday or today. So good luck with that. And um, and then on a serious note, I, I would like to give a shout out to um, to my best friend, uh, Jeremy Cooper. Uh, Dad's going through a tough time right now. Prayers are appreciated. Um, I'm not sure exactly what all I can say about that, but if you can, uh, if you're the praying type, uh, do that tonight for uh, for Jeremy's dad. Yeah, absolutely. Shane, you have any shout outs? Jamie, I, I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to bring this up before you just accept that it's important and needs to be talked about. But Lady Eagle basketball was not mentioned one time tonight. <laughs> they have a game coming up when they come back out of COVID protocol against Bama on December 17th. We have another show before December 17th. You know, I, I think I'm smelling uh, the first interview that Shane is going to do for To The Top Talk by himself. It could be interesting. But yes, the, the, the Lady Eagles are shut down due to COVID protocol and will be returning December 17th to the hardwood. Uh, thus the reason why the basketball game was moved up on Saturday. So Shane has no shout out. So let's skip to me. Um, <laughs> give a shout out to, uh, my man, Jordan. Hold Burt. up. Hold up. No. <laughs> shout out to Toby Barker. Thank you, mayor. This is a delicious pour of whiskey. <laughs> well done. Uh, shout out to my man, Jordan Burgess out there in Waco, Texas, just being a good dude. And uh shout out to Noah Newman had me on WJTV the other night to talk about the, Oh, yeah. Will Hall hire, so uh, great stuff there. Um, you guys follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at Bumper J Bailey, and Shane at Eagles underscore To The Top. We're on Instagram as well, as well as Facebook. All right, guys, do you have any final thoughts before we shut it down? Looking forward to this birthday week of mine. My birthday is on uh, Friday. Oh really? We haven't heard. So so so, so, so yeah. So, we, so so we have. But 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 I mean, dude, I'm fired up. So it's Tuesday now, right? Uh, so I'm kind of like halfway through my week. I got a third. I got a Wednesday and a Thursday. Let's be honest. Thursday with a football game at the Rock coming up that night. Not working that hard that that day anyway. So basically, I just got one more day of work. Then I got Thursday night at the Rock. I got Friday with whatever my wife's got planned. Not even sure. It's probably gonna involve you know, friends and a bar or seven. And then Saturday got. Uh, Golden Eagle basketball at RGC, and I'm sure there's going to be some golf mixed in, in 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 the middle there. So I'm staring right at 44, and you know, I'm going to drink my way all the way there. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Shane, you got anything you want to say before we shut it down? No, man, uh, it's been fun. Appreciate you guys having me back. Um, you know, one of these days I'm going to say something and I'm just not going to get the text to join again. Um, <laughs> so uh, well, I, I pushed the limits with my Doc Sadler rant tonight. Well, uh, we'll see if I talk to you fine folks next week. <laughs> um, you know, guys, big game coming up tomorrow night in basketball against Tulane. You can check them out on ESPN+. Plus. Big game Thursday night at home at The Rock. You can watch that game. If you can't be there, you can watch it on the CBS Sports Network. It's going to be fun. Hey, we got one more football game. we got nothing to lose. So hopefully it's going to be a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>